Welcome to the Make Life Your Bitch podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Alicia. Greatness is a decision and your birthright. You deserve to love the woman looking back at you in the mirror. This show is for the purpose-driven female entrepreneur who is committed to only counting the time she gets back up. The woman who is ready to ignite the flame within, find her voice, and use the power of her story to transform the lives of those around her. This is your weekly fuel to inspire you to action, where I'll be sharing inspirational stories, real talks with thought leaders and successful entrepreneurs from around the world, and provide you with actionable success strategies for creating a business you love. I'm a content marketing coach, and I'm committed to helping you as an online creator and entrepreneur wherever you are to turn your dreams into a reality, to help you transform your messaging so you can create a genuine connection with your audience and grow your income online. You are far more powerful and stronger than you will ever imagine. We are the warriors. You were born for this. Let's make life your bitch. Hey everyone, welcome to the Make Life Your Bitch podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Alicia, and we have a really special guest on today. Last week, um, last episode, we talked about being unapologetically millennial. And during that conversation, I was able to have a talk with one of my clients and she agreed to join us on the podcast today and tell us all about her business and what it means to be unapologetically millennial herself and within her business. And without further ado, I am going to introduce Renu Tondak. Renu, how are you? I'm great. Thank you, Brittany. What an honor to be here today. So to start things off, can you just tell us like who you are, what you do? Tell us your story. Well, I am, a, you know, a millennial and I don't take any apologies for that. <laughs> As you just introduced, I was born and brought up in Delhi, India. And I came to Australia, which is my current country I'm living in. And I came to Australia just 10 years ago with only $100 to my name and just a bag of clothes. I was newly married uh, to the love of my life and came to a totally new country and started literally like with nothing. You know, when you and I were talking about being millennial, you know, it was a week and a half ago, I think, two weeks ago. And when we originally started talking about it, we had that conversation of, you know, what it means to be a millennial, right? And one of the things I've been saying is, you know, when you have a millennial and an entrepreneur combined, it, it really is a force to be reckoned with. And I was thinking about, you know, that story that you told me about how you guys managed your money. Do you want to um, elaborate a bit on that and tell people how when you first came here, like really dive into like what that $100 meant? Because I think that's so important for the listeners out there who are thinking to themselves, like, you know, I'm just getting started or people are worried about money because of the pandemic and COVID right now. And for them to be able to see that, you know, they can do it with, without, you know, having tons of money um, to get started. So one of the good things about being a millennial is that you are not scared of taking action and you would take action no matter what. It's, it's definitely a force that you have in you that allows you to really step into your power. And I guess that's exactly what happened. In fact, I, now looking back into time, I also think the fact that I actually married the love of my life against all odds, against family, was purely because I was hungry for more and I wasn't going to settle to marry a man that my mom and dad are going to pick for me 
And I would say yes to that. I was a rebel. We love to rebel as, as millennials. And I take a lot of pride in that. When we say rebel, that doesn't mean like, you know, you're just disrespecting people. It's just that you're out there in the world, putting out in the universe that, hey, I'm not going to settle for this and I'm going to ask for more. I need more and I'm worthy of it. That's the, the, the positive side of that. So coming to Australia wasn't an easy move, but that was the option. That was the only option we had. Our parents didn't agree to our wedding. And my husband had just got this job in Australia and he was on a business visa. Money for us at that time was not just to buy food and buy clothes. It was a survival thing for us. We were not just saving dollars. We were saving cents because we knew how important it was for us. Times were tough. I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, it was, it was hard at that time. So I was, I picked up any job I, I could get. And one of my first jobs was actually as a waitress in a fish and chips cafe. And that's how I started my journey in Australia. But at that time, what I did see is like my vision was not just to be just because I've got this job, I'm going to settle for this. Like, you know, I'll be this, like, you know, be, be a waitress all my life. Like my parents who, who literally retired from his job in the bank and he worked there for pretty much half his life. He retired about eight years ago and he was in that job for 40 years the millennials don't sell for that millennials want more and that is this hunger of wanting more actually allows them to explore to innovate to get better and just to everyone who's listening out here right now this is the best time if you think there was a better time to kickstart your business or your chase your dreams or take action. Well, this is the best time you could ever have because it's pretty much the thing where everybody is thinking that the world's going to fall apart, <laughs> everything doomed, and there is no escape. Yeah, exactly. And it, you were just going to say like, you know, millennials don't view it that way. And it was recently I had that conversation with my mom when she had said to me, you know, I told her like, I am going to be pursuing, you know, going all in with uh, my business and leaving my job at the hospital. And she was nervous about it. And she's like, but you spent like how much money to like get this job and to educate yourself and how many years. And it was like your vision for, you know, it was like, 15 years or something like that. And I said, yeah, that's great and everything. But there's that cap, right? And I, I laughed at her and told her that the conversation that we were having was very baby boomer of her. <laughs> and like, there's that cap, right? Of how much money we can make, how much time. And we're constantly trading those dollars for hours. And yourself too, when you finally made that decision to go all in, I, I believe you were in corporate, weren't you? Yes. Yes. So my journey started with a fish and chips shop, but that's not where it ended. It wasn't going to end there. I applied for jobs whilst I was still, you know, cleaning dishes and cleaning up the floors in that, in that cafe. And as I was applying for jobs, I also, you know, made a decision and commitment that whatever job I get will be better than what it is right now. And then from there, I'll build my way upwards, which actually allowed me to really be a manager for our leading company in car manufacturing brand and manage a team of over 100 people over there, looking after the service departments, looking after the customers and the processes that they had for customer retention. Mm -hmm. So I was really high up, but you know what? 
We always want more. We always want better. And the best part about being a millennial is that we would sacrifice our dollars for our family. Mm -hmm. And we needed money to repay the loan and build a home and build our capital and everything. But as me during this time, while I was growing my career, I was also growing my family. I had a beautiful boy, my son, TJ, and um, he was growing up way too fast for me, which I didn't realize because I was trading hours for money at the corporate world, thinking that this is the gig. Yeah, like, you know, this is all I was meant for. This is awesome. You know, I'm in a great position. I've got company cars and all the perks that come along with a great corporate job, all the perks. One day I came home, it was a really long day. You know how those days, where the days when you just don't want to get up from bed because when you do get up from bed, everything goes wrong. That's exactly what they was like. that day was like. And I came home and my son, then four, opened the door for me and he goes, so his mom was there. Um, I'm not going to take the name just for privacy for little kids. But yeah, someone, someone's, someone's moms are there and everybody's mom comes to the functions but you never make it. Why weren't you there for my function at the daycare? And that just innocent question with that much of authority in his voice from a four-year-old was an eye-opener for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that time I decided that, you know what? Enough of trading hours for family because it's not helping my family right now. And I think that's what so many moms who, you know, are in that millennial phase um, or that's, you know, age range are. And, you know, we had that conversation recently about the age of a millennial. And so many people think it's, you know, way, way younger than it is, but it's actually, you know, that 1981 to 1996 age range. And Millennials are very different than, you know, the new Gen Z, I think they're considered. And they have a very different mindset because they constantly have that desire for growth, that desire for more, um, that they're not going to settle. And they're tired of trading their dollars for hours. And I think it's something like 27% of millennials like have their own businesses. And, you know, I was thinking while you were talking, One of the cool things that you and I had a conversation about was based around dream clients. And on the last episode, I talked about niche and dream clients. And that's kind of how you and I got started on this topic was talking about that kind of stuff. Because what ends up happening is when it comes to like our dream clients and that kind of thing is we can get so caught up in talking to a specific type of person and we want to help everyone that sometimes we end up helping the people who can't afford our services. And I know there's lots of people who have struggled with that. So it's like taking that slow step and putting in the work to get yourself to where you want to be, but also be willing to invest in yourself, right? And a lot of millennials really are willing to invest in themselves. And What are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on the investment of yourself and your growth, especially when it comes to business and just your life in general? That is the most important thing. And a lot of people do miss that. They Let's just face it. Like, you know, if everybody was able to take all the information that we have access to in this day and age on Google and with everything that's available for free, Everybody would be a millionaire right now and have a fantastic figure where, you know, wearing zero size, zero clothes. 
but not everybody is able to achieve that. Even though we have access to so much free information and resources, the only reason it comes down to is that the commitment. When you invest in something, you are committed. You, you're invested in your relationship, you're committed. And you will do whatever it takes to make it work. The same thing applies to your personal growth and personal development as well. If you want it to take it to the next level, if you truly are committed to grow and create the life and actually live that life of your dreams, the investment is a really key thing that is not to be missed. And you need to invest because you will be committed. And what it also does for you is that you have spent some time. Yeah, like, you know how we say, I've, I've spent like, you know, my blood, sweat and tears in building this and creating this. You are emotionally attached. You're financially attached. And you will do whatever it takes to serve that mission and live that mission. People yeah. who are not financially invested unfortunately has no drive because there is nothing to lose. Even if they skip one day of, you know, doing those incantations or following that client or just using the resources that they have access to, they've got nothing to lose, which yeah. is very detrimental to for the growth and personal growth. So many businesses don't take off or do die in the very first year is because they don't have that mindset of investing in themselves, yet they are seeking people who wouldn't invest in their product. Yeah, exactly. And it's always funny, especially because you and I both come from the coaching world. And it's always funny when you hear of somebody who doesn't have a coach, right? And it's like, you totally need that trickle down effect, right? Um, in order for you to be growing, to be giving to your clients, you need to also be taking in information and growing yourself. So Renu, um, what would you say? Like if you got on a call with somebody who, you know, really was interested in your services. And I mean, this isn't a sales pitch or anything, but like, I think it's super important that we do talk about the investment and investments in our futures and that kind of thing. Because as millennials, we're always on that edge, right? Like just on that cusp, on that edge of moving forward. And before I ask you the question, actually, I remember I had a ex-boyfriend right after we broke up who said to me, um, he called me and he said, I had a dream that like you jumped off a cliff. And I said to him, like, did you ever think that maybe I was learning how to fly? And it was right before I started my coaching business. And it's one of those things where that's how it is sometimes. Like we need to just jump off and like take massive action. But like you and I both know, like you can get on a call with somebody who's all in and they're excited. And as soon as you hit that point of asking them about, you know, how would you like to pay? Or they all of a sudden start thinking of like, how much time is this going to take? Especially as moms, some of your guys' biggest struggles are, you know, time and money. So if you were like on a call with somebody, what would you say to them if that was their objection? They said, you know, Renew, like, I don't have the money or I don't have the time. How would you approach that? That's a really good question, Brittany, because as a coach for moms, I talk to them all the time. Most moms are, especially who are just starting a business, 
would either need support from their partners or someone in the family to really help them kick started, whether it's financially or emotionally. So they, they are definitely dependent on someone to say, hey, no, I trust you. You know, here you go. Either you pay for this or I've got this. We'll be fine. It's okay. You go chase your dreams. That's that's really common objection or conversations. I don't really like to call objections. It's like a conversation that we need to have with them and they have with me so we can really help them go over the line. When they do come up with that, the first thing is to really acknowledge the fact that, hey, I understand that because guess what? I was there as well myself, you know, trying to save sense. I know how precious they are and uh, how important they are, especially for a growing family. And then the second thing is to actually help them understand and give them the, the feeling that this step is only to really bring them into the stage where they've taken the action and they have they've committed to something and they've taken the action. Most of the time people commit to something that, yes, oh yes, I'm going to do this. But the mind then doesn't like the new things and it starts to give excuses. And those excuses come in the way of like, hey, I don't have money or hey, I want to have time for this. I'm, you know, looking after three kids and uh, my husband works full time and he's away most of the time. So these things do come up. But the first thing is to obviously acknowledge. The second thing is to help them understand that this step is needed to take them to the next level. And what's the really cost of not them ta- not them not taking action is is really important to dive into that that conversation as well. Because the more they delay that commitment, the more they delay that payment. Because we can't work together. Let's face it, as coaches. We can't work together unless the client pays and agrees to the coaching and the terms and conditions of your contract so you can really help them with the transformation. The other thing I also do and have tested a few times and works really well with moms is to ask them that there is a reason why they've invested all this time and they're talking about that they have a time, you know, don't have enough time in the world. They were there for a reason. So obviously they had a certain expectations or certain needs that they know can only be fulfilled when they talk to someone and that someone is going to help them. Mm-hmm. Just really bringing it back to why the first step of coming on the call really helps as well to, to really clear that smoke screen and help them see through. And that really helps them, you know, take that command and ask themselves that, hey, I'm about to take an action. And yes, I acknowledge the fears, but I'm ready for it. Yeah. And I love that. It's that whole idea of like, what are you really scared of? Right. Because a lot of the time that's the case, right. You know, when it comes down to it, they're, they're all in and then it comes time to closing things up. And the question is, is like, what are you really afraid of right now that it could work that, you know, you might fall a little and then get back up. It's just asking that question of like, so tell me what's really going on for you right now as to why you think this isn't maybe for you. And a lot of the time, you know, I've heard it said that the first objection is not at the actual objection. I think that's like a Tony Robbins thing, right? Because it's always just fear, right? So you and I had also talked about previously before we jumped on here about the whole idea of questioning authority as millennials. Um, What kind of experience do you have with that as to when you made your plunge into going all in? Yeah, sure. 
as millennials, we, we love to question authority. One, obviously, you know, you like to know and have all the information and, and not just going to go with just face value. You want to see the results, something like, you know, when you invest in something or even when you buy something, look around the house as millennials. Everything that I have in my house is because I had a valid reason for as to why I needed that, which was either just, you know, questioning why I need that to myself or someone else in the family who wants to buy something, especially my husband, when he just goes and spends thousands and thousands of dollars now into <laughs> electronics and some stuff that I don't want in there. I always question him a lot. And he's like, oh my God, you asked too many questions. I said, yes, because I want to justify as to why we are doing that. And it's just not just for me personally. I'm sure you guys will agree to that. Most millennials like to know what's going on. They don't hesitate in questioning their managers even as to why they're asked to take do certain things. What's in it for them? Or what is it that the organization or the manager is thinking will help them to introduce a new change, to you know add a new process to the system that they follow in the job or whatever the case be. And I see it every day as well because I have in my team, me, a millennial, I have another team member who's a millennial, and then I have two you know, employees in the team who are not millennials, who are younger than us. Mm-hmm. And just having this understanding, it came about after having that conversation with you, Brittany, as we were talking about dream client, which we will dive into a little bit you know, further up. But as we were having that conversation, that just made me switch like, hey, that actually explains why you know, this team member works like this and the other one doesn't work like this. This one asked me a lot of questions and the other ones were like, yeah, all right, we'll just do it and all that stuff. And it is so important to understand how we function as millennials and as the other generations because we have a very different view to life. And it's all Mm -hmm. with our view, as Tony says, like, you know, we do what, what, what our beliefs are. The way people behave is because of their certain values and belief systems. That will show up in your business, that will show up in your relationship, that will show up in the way you talk and you present yourself as well. So that questioning authority actually comes with it, not a place of disrespect, but comes from a place of curiosity because the older generations have always taught them that, no, it's okay. You know, if someone says, if someone is older than you and, you know, someone's already done it, you don't question, you just do it. And then they are like, hang on a sec, I'm not going to just do it. I am going to be the one who will question it because I want to know what's going on. I want to be more, you know, well-informed. I want to know, be part of the change. I want to be that change maker. And us as high achievers, change makers, millennials, whatever you want to call yourself, it is so important to question that. And it has the pros and the current spots. Because as a coach, let's say you have a client who you are selling to and they are millennials, they're going to be questioning a lot of stuff. But they're not questioning just because they don't believe that you can. They're only questioning because this is who they are. This is how they have functioned all their life. It is Mm -hmm. so important to understand what that questioning authority is coming from. And by you giving the information to them and helping them answer their questions, you're actually building more trust and connection with them because this is exactly what they need to make that decision and take that leap of faith or, you know, soar their wings and fly high. But but we need to really understand that. Yeah, I totally love that. You know, and like there's people probably who are wondering, like, why do they keep talking about millennials? And for myself, I had been building my website and I was thinking to myself, like, I'm going to be just that unapologetically millennial because millennials get such a bad reputation because of 
social media and stuff over the years that it freaks people out, right? And the thing is, is a lot of millennials, people call millennials like the younger generation before or like Gen Z when that's not actually who millennials are. And actually I heard Pitbull talk about that when he was with Tony Robbins, he used the term and they were kind of talking about millennials, but they were talking about the generation who's um, younger than us. And I was laughing because I was like, you guys aren't even using like millennial correctly. But the reason it's also important is, and I love that you said this, because of course, like I was like on the edge of my seat, like trying to get in here and say this, because anytime you talk about clients and dream clients and content, like, you know, I get super fired up. But, you know, I loved that you said that knowing who your client is and understanding them on the other side of the phone, because when you're talking to them, everything they're questioning, everything they're wondering it's because of who they are. It's because of, you know, how they grew up. And when you and I had talked about like how this all came up, when you and I talked about like, who's your dream client, you know, tell me the story of them. Who are they? And, you know, what kind of things are they interested in? And once we kind of like got down to the nitty gritty of it, and we got into the like deep discussion of the mindset of a millennial, I think it's just so important for people when they are going out and doing their dream client and their dream avatar, that they really focus on that, that they really pay attention to who is that person. Like when you think of like, not just their aged 25, like this is just hypothetical, but you know, not just 25 to like 35 or something like that. It's like, okay, so you're in that age range, but what is the mindset of those people? Have you done your research? Because when you define your dream client and you get super deep into that, it's a total game changer. And for you, since we've had that discussion about deep diving into, you know, dream clients and that kind of thing, how has it changed in your business? Oh, it has changed immensely. Like just, I said, like, you know, just straight after that conversation, it was great eye opener for me to even get into understanding my team and how, you know, trying to figure out why they don't agree or disagree. It was just such a great thing to have an understanding as an employee for the team, but also for my clients, because my clients, my moms comes from all walks of life. Like I only coach moms and they have different backgrounds and they have different family commitments and stuff. But one thing they do have common in common is majority of them are actually millennials. So the way they see things is something that I see as well. And the way they do things, I have a full understanding of why they are doing it, what's coming for them right now in this moment in time. And that's the biggest thing as a coach. We all need to really have that understanding, not just for the dream client and how to attract the dream client, but also how to serve your existing clients. Because let's just face it, we are all about serving and we must be able to serve our clients to the highest level possible. And help them really, you know, boom, come out of the shell and be that amazing superstar that they want to be. Millennials are known for job hopping. Like, you know, they come, and I've done that after that conversation. Mm-hmm. We were thinking about that. As I, you know, and I think it wasn't the conversation itself. I said, hey, man, I'd actually explain it, uh, you know, as to why I've changed so many jobs. It's because I go get into a job and it becomes saturated for me. I want that change. I want to challenge myself all the time. And it was this deep desire of, yes, wanting to spend time with my family. And, you know, my son actually saying, hey, what the hell? You got to be at home. Not quite literally, but kind of. 
it was the reason why that, hey, I'm going to do something because each year, every couple of years, I, I have this desire of either changing my job or changing my current job role. Like, you know, whatever I'm doing, I would go and apply for another role within that company because I'm seeking change. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to start my own business because that will give me that variety that I'm seeking and that desire to want more will help me grow a business that is mine, that is my baby. And I'm not going to be putting in hours this blood, sweat, sweat and tears into growing someone else's business. Mm, and this is yes. exactly what I teach my moms as well. And in, in that moment when we're coaching them, it's about you have all this fire and hunger and everything in you. Let's channelize all this energy into building something for yourself. And I call our businesses as another child because that's exactly what they are. They have shit moments when you're changing group and <laughs> they have some great moments as well. And they call you, hey, mama, look at this. I've achieved this. So it's it's all that growing, but that hungry. You, you're exactly right. Us millennials have got a really bad reputation because of, hey, they are like this. They, they can't be trusted because they keep changing their jobs and stuff like that. Actually underestimating that, hey, we are wanting more. And had the previous employers really looked after that desire of me, maybe I wouldn't have done what I have done because I would be so happy and satisfied in my job. It is so helpful for me to not only retain my clients, but also retain my employees. Yeah, exactly. And the thing I love about, you know, the whole conversation when it comes to millennials is that they're hard workers and they have that strive for growth, you know, and when it comes to just like you said, that question of authority is I remember being younger and always asking the question of like, why? Why does that specific thing do what it does? Why do we do this? And it's not that really question of authority. It's just like, I need to understand the process behind this so that I can either A, make it better or just know what that next step is. And I know um, one of my team members, even for her, who does like a lot of um, booking calls and different kind of stuff for me. And she's done the training as to what I do after, you know, she's done the stuff that she does. She's done the training like for after, even though she's not doing it. But she's a millennial as well. She's right on the cusp. She's that 1996. And she has that question of, I just want to know what's next. So I know where I'm sending these people, right? And like, that's what we really want is we want somebody who is so driven that they want to know what that next step is versus having them in a place of just being a yes man and doing that next thing. Like, and our parents and the baby boomers are so used to just, you work for 25, 30, 35 years and you collect your paycheck, you shut up, you go home. And that was a big thing too. You know, and we haven't touched on this yet is the baby boomers to the millennial aspect of things was the baby boomers spent so much time at work that they never spent time with their families. And that's why we became that way, right? Like we said to ourselves, like we want, it's not just about making money, right? As coaches or as entrepreneurs, our reason for being as driven as we are is because we want greater freedom and we want more fulfillment. And with that comes more time with our friends, more time with our family and being able to 
yes, work hard to make more money because we're doing it on our own. But also it allows us to take some extra time off to really do the things that we enjoy in life and live life. You know, one of the things that I say is, you know, actually live in your legacy and not just be creating one because so many people get caught up in creating a legacy for when they die. But it's like, why aren't you living in it? You know? Exactly. And, and and that is exactly what the groomers did as well. They were creating that legacy. And we have seen that, okay, while they're doing the job and doing things for the family, we I come from a family of five girls and one boy. So we are six in the family. My dad was the only one who earned, who, who went out to work and mom always looked after the kids at home and making sure that, you know, we're doing our homework on time and we're learning and all that stuff. While dad would come, leave early and come home late after his work. And we knew that as soon as dad's here, because dad has to eat his dinner and, uh, you know, rest and go to bed and go and do the work again in the morning. We just knew that as soon as dad comes, everybody has to be quiet. And there was no such thing as, uh, uh, you know, oh, let's just go and play with him or let's just go and do things with him because dad was always tired. I guess you're exactly right. That was something that, you know, I knew that, hey, uh, when I grow up and when I have kids, I will make sure that I'm present for my children. Mind you, I did get stuck because the circumstances and the situation we were in, I did get stuck in that hustle of providing for my family like my mom and dad did, that I'll do whatever it takes to give my family. But it was my son who actually literally just, you know, like, you know, splashed water on me while I was having a great dream in my state that, hey, wake up, what's going on? I'm missing out on this because other moms are there. Other millennials are there that my son could see and he's like, what's going on? You need to be spending more time with us. So that is really where it all comes from because we have seen what it looks like having resources, but not having fulfillment. Here's the thing too, I was just thinking of, is that thinking about like the generations and that kind of thing, you know, our parents, they were probably used to their, like, you know, their mom being at home, right? Because it was usually dad went to work and Mom was around, mom stayed at home. Often a lot of the time, mom was a stay-at-home mom. Like so many people have experienced that. And then like our parents, they actually went out and they both went to work. And now it's like going back to like not having just mom at home, but so many people are realizing how important it actually is being there when their children are growing up and experiencing it. And I think that actually like is why our parents maybe don't understand it as much is because they were used to having their parents at home. They weren't maybe used to having like dad at home. But a lot of the times, like, you know, I can speak for my parents, my mom and my dad, both their moms, like my grandmas, they were at home. Totally. And yes, you know, it was my mom's decision to not go out for work because dad always said that, you know, I would much rather you look after the kids, uh, not just for food, but to make sure that, you know, they're learning and doing things because guess what, you know, it's not just one child they're looking after like me, it was five <laughs> of us. So, and, and in a very short amount of time, like, you know, one of my sisters, it's only two years younger than me. So we were like six kids in a matter of like, you know, 10 years. So that's always the case. Like, you know, where she just decided, okay, 
he'll just stay at home. But my other uncles and aunties, they went to work. They just had smaller families. But yes, you're right, because they were okay to go home. And our parents don't understand. I agree with that. My dad came here and stayed with me for 12 months. Mom and dad, it was an honor to host them in Australia. But to date, he still doesn't understand what I do and why I'm doing it. Amazing paying job that was paying for the fuel and the cars and everything why did I quit that and I am now working from home he just didn't get it in 12 months seeing me every day but he still didn't get it I was like okay if you don't get it that's totally cool dad I'm doing what I'm doing because it makes me happy and my mom was like how can it make you happy like you know you're working here by yourself over there you didn't have to worry you just go get the paycheck same thing that we just talked about earlier in the podcast. Like, you know, just you go do your job, get a paycheck and go home and be happy. Enjoy the weekend. But that's not what life is all about, is it? This is not what life is all about. Just getting that paycheck. Life, life is about more. Exactly what you said, living that legacy, not leaving it, but living it. I just love like when people get so wrapped up in that idea that like they don't understand why you do what you do. And it's like, what are you talking about? I get to choose who I get to hang out with and be on a call with every single day. Um, One of the things I say is with your dream clients, they better be borderline besties. Some people get so caught up in wanting to help everyone around the world. And it's like, I get it. But there's 7 billion people or something like that on this planet. And You are only one human at this point. And if you're doing like private coaching to help people, you can only spread yourself so thin. So why not choose the people who light you up, who you want to hang out with, like, you know, on calls and grow their businesses or, you know, help them with their mindset, help people with their health, like do the things you love. Yeah, totally agree. Couldn't agree with more. And I have to say, guys, like, you know, uh, when you're starting out, things are not going to be exactly the same. Like, you know, you're just trying things out and you're trying to work out what to do and what your niche is and stuff. But still, even in that moment when you're trialing things out, be very focused about who you want to hang out with. Because <laughs> Tony says it all the time, your network is your net worth. You choose. And in fact, this is the best because you're not going to work for someone where you can't choose your teammates. Yeah, you're working for yourself, being your own boss, boss babe, as Brittany likes to call it. I (laughs) call it being your own boss. But being the boss babes and bosses of your own life, you get to choose who you have in your life because that is going to really allow you to have that life of freedom and fulfillment. So yes, totally agree there, Brittany. Yeah, and you were talking a bit about niche there. And I mean, you want like, because you and I have been friends for a while now and you watched my struggle as I like bounced from niche to niche and just trying to figure it out. So, I mean, it's one of those things. It's like, it's not going to happen overnight, right? Um, We have an idea of who we want to help and how, but when you really niche down, um, which is why I become like became obsessed with it and why it's one of the things that I do now, right? is all based around that is being able to help people with their niche so they can be more successful. And with your dream clients, like, I'm curious, why don't you tell us like, who are your dream clients? Okay, well, I'm gonna start a little bit about my journey with the niche as well. My niche didn't come 
I didn't just wake up one day and say, okay, well, this is who I'm going to work with. There's a certain science behind it. There's an art behind it. Brittany coaches that really, really well. But also at the same time, it's also something like, you know, you trial and error. You may have a concept of a dream client right now, but as you actually start working with them, you realize that, you know what, this doesn't really cut it. And then again, that's the beauty of being your own boss because once that contract is done with that client, or if you don't like it, you can actually send them their way and say, hey, that's amazing what you're doing and what I'm doing, but this isn't for me. I'm going to change my niche. You can change that. So my journey of finding that niche really came about when I first started coaching. That's how it came about. That's how it evolved. I did start with helping women uh, with anything that you want, like pretty much just gen- generic life coaching. I started with just because I was very green to the coaching circle. I didn't know what coaching was. I didn't even know whether I was cut for coaching at all. I didn't even know who Tony Robbins was. Sorry, Tony, but I'm just going to say down there. I didn't know what priming was. Brittany knows that. So I was so <laughs> green. I had no idea. And for me, the best way to move forward, especially for people who are listening right now and who want to be a coach, best thing you can do is to actually start coaching. That's what my coach said at that time. And for you, the best thing is to just start coaching. And as I started to coach and and, and I had five clients, what I saw that, you know, three of them were moms and four of them, I was actually helping them with their mindset and their personal issues. But in the end, what they really wanted was to start their business or scale their business or find their passion so they can be their own boss. Like this is what happened. Like it was so meta. Now I go back and look at that, how it actually evolved because I didn't know, like yourself, many of you, I was pulling my hair out as to what's my niche? Like, what am I doing? I'm a coach, but no, I'm not a life coach because I'm that person I'm helping with her broken relationship. That person I'm helping her how to find the best job for her. And that person I'm helping him, helping her with the next project in her photography business and as that I was just having this talk with myself what really came out is majority of them were moms and I loved working with them moms that's how I found that okay well this is what I really enjoy and then also what was the outcome not what I was giving them in that moment to help but what did they say on the first call that they wanted And what they wanted was to, hey, I want to start my baking business. I want to start my hair salon and really be the spiritual hero. Like all this stuff was something that they wanted to start and be their own boss. And that's how it came about that, hey, I help moms unlock their passions and help them monetize by setting up and scaling their business. And I must say, I have enjoyed this ride over the past 12 months. It has been an amazing journey and it has been amazing with the clients that I have got to serve. Did I enjoy working with each one of them? Probably not. Some of them (laughs) I did. And that is why being your own boss is so good because we won the right fit. We didn't have the same values and we moved. But then there were also, you know, moms who have killed it and they continue to be the clients and we repeat them and they come back again. So this is what, why it is so good to be a millennial who wants to hop around and want everything in the life because you can actually have everything in your life only if you put work to it. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm going to. Your Facebook group, you know, in the beginning was the Mompreneur Whisperer. And you've recently done a 
branding change with it. And before we tell people what the branding change is, it's because of the massive growth you've had in your business, right? I want you to tell people what you accomplished in six weeks last year. What what was your big accomplishment that you made in such a short time span that you were like, wow, this is it. This is, this is really happening. It's a real thing. What did you do in six weeks? That was the turning point for everything and how it, it all, you know, I pivoted. So when everybody was, you know, worrying about COVID and all that, it was just in, in that moment itself during that time early last year, actually, I made this commitment to myself that I'm going to make like, you know, get like 60K in a month. That was my thing with my, with my coach and some of my peers. And it was only then that I had this super clarity on my niche as to who I was serving, why I was serving, what's the outcome I have and who I really want to enjoy. I'd done all this pre-work and um, I made not just 60K, I made 154K in six. That's what I just love about, you know, coaching and that kind of thing is that it's not just about that money, but it's like, how many lives you get to serve because of that and the trickle down effect of that. Like when we talk about goal setting and lives that we get to make a difference in, you know, for the year and that kind of thing, it is a huge impact. But, you know, when you think to yourself, like with that 154K, it helps people see that like from you going from $100 in, you know, coming to Australia to 154,000 in six weeks, because you made that decision to invest in yourself, invest in a business and go all in and take massive and perfect action. What a difference it makes, right? And how millennial of you. So true. So true. Um, and, and again, it wasn't happening. As, as I said, it didn't happen overnight. I launched my business about 18 months ago and I did have some dry fat time in my business because that was the time when I didn't have any clarity. When I didn't know who the hell I was serving, I was going out, hey, I'm going to help everyone. And yes, I'm trying to help everyone. But what was happening is like the message was being lost. And it, that, that's when I sat down and I said, okay, well, yes, I'm helping these five clients, but what next? How do I get the sixth and the seventh and the eighth? Because I am settling, being the millennial I am, unapologetically, that I'm not settling this for five clients. I'm going to be impacting more. And for me to be able to get that, that was only ha- that was only possible when I knew exactly what was going on, when I questioned and I asked the right questions. It's not just questioning. It's also asking about the right questions. And those right questions was, what's the outcome? Who am I serving? Why am I serving? The reason I actually chose moms, one, obviously I'm emotionally attached to the fact that if it wasn't for my son, I wouldn't be, t- I wouldn't have taken this action to be the coach I am. But also when you coach a mother, you just don't coach a mother. You are coaching generations. I am through that mother who's, you know, getting, stepping into her power and becoming more than just a mother. She's also impacting her relationship with her family. It's impacting her relationship with her husband. It's impacting her relationship with herself, her clients, and most importantly, the children who are the future generations. So I'm not just impacting about right now I've got million people to serve, but I'm talking about millions and millions of generations that I would be serving as, uh, you know, how they call it, recurring revenue. It's about recurring impact. Yeah, I love that. So this is why, like, that is why you need to know 
who you are serving, but more than who, why you are serving them. Tell me about your Facebook group. Uh, when I started out and, you know, being the mom coach, I was like, oh my God, you know how they have the dog whisperer and the horse whisperer and all that, who are just <laughs> specially specialized in that. I was like, hey, I've got a speciality in moms. I'm helping moms. So I would love to be called the mompreneur whisperer. By the way, I'm really, really affectionate. Like, you know, I, I love that name, the mompreneur whisperer. And that's how I launched my Facebook group. And we had amazing success when I launched the group. We helped mom achieve successes and goal you know, starting their businesses and helping them jumpstart through different challenges that we do and regular trainings that we do in the Facebook group. But then there was a point about four months ago uh, where I was ready to pivot again in the business. And part of that pivot was like, not just about me, but also about, yes, I'm helping moms. The mompreneur whisperer actually sounded more like what I do not about what the moms will see themselves as. Not everybody wants to be the mompreneur whisperer, mm-hmm. but everybody mm-hmm. wants to be the mompreneur. Everybody wants to have that amazing impact. Everyone wants to earn dollars and make that money and have this, you know, amazing lifestyle. So we really had to get again into this strategy of what should be the mompreneur, you know, the, the Facebook groups look like and called so moms can resonate with that moms can see that yes this is achievable so as I was pivoting last year we we really thought about that and it was in one of the conversations I also had with you Brittany when we were just talking about you know hey changing the name because I was like hey it looks like that it's more about me not about my moms but I wanted to be around my moms because guess what as coaches or as any product any any entrepreneur it's not about you it's about your clients and your customers whatever offers, services, products you have, your clients should be able to relate that they are going to be the consumers of that product. And the same thing was for my Facebook group as well. So I said, you know what? Moms are always said that, hey, you're one in a million. You're one in a million. And I would love to have a million impacts this year. Not would love. I am going to actually. <laughs> Just changing that right need, you know, the right language. I'm going to have a million impacts this year, either through direct coaching, through passive coaching and also through our donation and supporting mom groups and mom projects all around the world. So I said, okay, well, there it has to have millions, either impact or dollars or whatever it's going to be. And I said, I went on a rant by, you know, using different names and I would say that out loud in front of the mirror. And as I'm using, calling out these names, I see my expressions. And the first thing that I see is like, you know, if my eyes glow or not glow. <laughs> and, and I must say the best, the most exciting part was when I called it million dollar mompreneurs. One is a million dollar in money. And also if most moms may not be able to see themselves as earning million dollars straight away, especially when you are starting out. But hey, it's not about the dollars. It's about one in a million mother who can, who wants, to, you know, just the moment that she decides to change her life and invest in herself can actually have impacts that are worth millions of dollars. Yeah, I love that. You know, and I know one of your programs is called this, but it's, you know, being more than a mom, right? And I just, I loved the pivot in your Facebook group because it really is, it's about helping people see like the, the results and that these things are achievable and attainable because, you know, you didn't start here. And 
That's why I think it's always nice to go back even through social media to see like, what were people's groups called in the beginning? How have they evolved to get to where they are today? Um, I think I shared in the last episode about Tony Robbins, for example, his coaching when he first started was he helped people quit smoking. He was not a transitional coach who was like this transformation coach who was there for everyone and could help everyone. He was helping people quit smoking and he really started getting curious and being thinking to himself, like, why do people act the way they do? Why do they stay in addiction? Why? And he like really studied the mind. And it was through that, that he grew his business and little by little, he was able to help more people. Right. So it's like you niche and then pivot, you niche and then pivot. And it's all through learning and you're growing. Yeah. And so that's one of the things, you know, I loved about your pivot in your Facebook group was because it was like that moment where it's like, you've grown and it means like, you know, your audience is growing with you and it's time to offer more. Yeah, exactly. And yes, you know what? It's not going to be the be and, and, and all. And if we were, you and I were to have a conversation again, 12 months time, actually, who knows what our groups are going to be called and who we will be serving at that time? Because it's again, the millennial in us that says, hey, we want to pivot. I've done this, I've achieved success in it, what's more? And then you will you will either, you know, pivot or you will innovate in the way you are doing your current things as well. So uh, like, you know, right now, as I started with one-to-one, now we are doing group coachings. And, you know, in fact, as you just said, my program is actually called More Than Moms because moms do so many things in a, on a day-to-day basis, even if they are not working and going out to earn dollars just at home itself. They, they're actually running a business in their own home. They're managing, they're making sure that, you know, the inventory, their pantry doesn't go empty anytime. They're making sure people are coming and, you know, people who come out for, you know, their relationships, their relatives, their friends, their family are always happy. They're serving them. They're making sure and caring for the needs of their children and providing for them. Like there's so many things that they're already doing. Just being a mother, it's an added advantage if you just use the same skills and just, you know, invest in learning the right strategies and improving those and really leveling up to actually start getting paid for what you're already doing at home by doing it at a global level through your businesses. And that's what the whole idea of More Than Moms is, to help them set up their businesses, jumpstart their business. That's awesome. I love that. And so it's More Than Moms. Um, This isn't a new program. You've done this before, haven't you? Yes, we've been doing this for since uh, June last year. So it's already six months in making, uh, in, you know, since delivery. It was six months in making. It has been six months since we have launched it and we have been doing this. It's a six-week program uh, and each week we tackle on different, stra- the strategic aspect of setting up a business and also the psychology behind that because we need both. It, I can't say that, hey, you just need the strategy. And I wouldn't even say that all you need is just a mindset. You need both. You need the right strategy at the right time, but also have the right mindset at the right at the right time to execute that strategy. They go both hand in hand and we work on those simultaneously every week. So from start to the finish, you will have a business that you have set up and it is fully functional. We will, we will give them guides to 
What are the systems that may need depending on the business that they're about to set up? It's not just for a coach. I don't just coach coaches. It's just for any mother who wants to be their own boss with that job, whether it's just being a full-time mom or a full-time employee or a part-time employee for another company. And now is ready to really transition and step into being her own boss. Yeah, I love that. And so I guess, um, you know, to wrap things up, Renew, how can people find you? Where can we find you online um, so that we can get in touch, be part of More Than Moms, be part of your Facebook group? How do we find you? The best way to find me is in my Facebook group. It's called Million Dollar Mompreneurs. And also my personal profile, Rena Tondek. And just type renatondek.com and it will lend you to the right spot. That's awesome. I love that. And what about your program? Any hints on when you're starting your next one at all? Or is that still in the works? Uh, no, we're actually going to start and launch it in March. So we, we have another round coming out in March. So March this year. And then, you know, we always have program, we run it. And then we get the feedback and we help, we work with the clients for a couple of weeks hand to, and give them that full attention. And then we start again. So it's a recurring system and evergreen program, but most more like, you know, that is delivered every six weeks, six to eight weeks. That's awesome. Renew, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I know that it is going to help so many people out there. Do you have any last parting words or any words of wisdom that you want to share with us? Hi, the only thing I would say is be unapologetically millennial. Just step into that, own it. And really prove everybody wrong by saying, who say that, hey, millennials just are millennials because we are way more than that. Yeah. And it's just owning it and loving it and like appreciating yourselves. You know, it's always that be you, be yourself. It's like, okay, but it's okay to be millennial too. So, you yes. know, rock it. <laughs> it's time to rock it and own it and, um, you know, be the best version of yourself. So anyway, thank you, Renew, for being here. And, you know, See you guys all next time on the next episode of the Make Life Your Bitch podcast. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. It was an honor. Love you all. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Make Life Your Bitch podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with your bestie. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, feedback, or compliments that you want to throw like confetti, you can reach me directly at podcast at makelifeyourbitch.co. Thanks for listening.